Tombstone Minute, our uh, your your daily the I believe the only daily podcast that goes through the movie Tombstone minute by minute. Uh, today's a special episode. Uh, I'm joined <laughs> by always <laughs> as my friend with my friend Joe, but also by our good friend Duff. It's a oh, guest baby. on Wednesday, Huckleberry Wednesdays. Hey, you know you, you're thinking the weekend's never gonna come. The weekend came early because Duff's I, got the and, stuff. And to celebrate, I am high as a kite on laudanum. <laughs> he maddied up. He's uh, putting in his milk all night, clockwork orange style. <laughs> so in this minute, uh, the Erps arrive to the Birdcage Theater, um, but we hinted on this last episode, and I think we need to dive into it. It's important. Uh, we are introduced to uh, Billy Breckenridge, which is played by Jason Priestley of 90210 uh, fame. And um, should we go over what he's called? Someone wasn't able to tune in yesterday. Uh, and I did confirm this. It, it, they did say it twice. That's why it bleeds into this episode as well. Okay. Hey there, sister boy. Sister boy. <laughs> And that actually uh, is in relation to the fun fact I had, because I heard that, and I'm like, sister boy, that is, I mean, I kind of, I got what it meant. It's like, oh, hey there, college boy, or <laughs> kind of yeah. that kind of thing. But, so I, I, I went online, I looked at uh, the old Urban Dictionary, and okay. sister boy, and, and again, if you're offended by it, these, this is the Urban Dictionary definition, it says... A feminine homotype of male used several times in the movie Tombstone. What? <laughs> <laughs> so Tombstone inspired an Urban Dictionary entry? Yeah, I mean, it uh, was a very cosmopolitan city. Of course it would. Yeah, and it has, and you know how uh, Tomb, or not Tomb, uh, Urban Dictionary always has the, like, the, ex, the in italics, it'll have the example. Yeah. And so there it yes. says, Curly Bill, Ringo, and their cowboy entourage form a block in the center center rose while all caps Billy Breckenridge behinds bespectacled slightly effeminate little deputy makes his timid way down the aisle <laughs> little deputy <laughs> little deputy um looking for a seat amidst the off fist fight and yelling match two cocky young cowboys Billy Grounds and Zwing Hunt call out to him and then Hunt quote hey sister boy um <laughs> so this is a very thorough urban dictionary entry and this wow. was um this was submitted by Matthew Boyd in August of 2005. I think Matthew Boyd needs to get in touch. Um, if any, if anyone would appreciate this podcast, it's it's uh, it's uh, Matt Boyd, our old pal. So, oh man, has anyone has anyone ever called you guys sister boy? No, I shockingly no one has. Yeah, no, and if there was anyone who was going to be called an effeminate dandy, it probably would have been me. So I would have heard this if this were, you know, a popular term in the eighties and nineties. We should. We should. I almost did come out in our middle school years, which is the peak of like sort of homophobic slurs directed towards nerds. Yeah, Duff, I almost introduced you as our sister boy instead of our guest. Sister boy Duff. Well, we already have Dairy Boy Joe. Um, so I actually did a little research on Billy Breckenridge. Um, oh, fun wow. fact about him, guys. I have a fun fact. Born in Watertown, Wisconsin. Whoa. Really? That's yeah. That's one of the goslings, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, though. I was going to say because my, my roommate in college and the, the Watertown goslings. Oh, I had no idea. Um, also... He lived to be like 84, so unlike the sad um, ends of most people's lives that we hear about in this movie, Billy had a nice little life. So he lived well into the 
Well, not, I guess maybe not well, but it lived into the 20th century then. Quite yeah, and he wrote a book about this era, about the frontier days, called Hell Dorado, Bringing the Lod <laughs> to the Mesquite. Oh, man. Nice. He, he, he shared your love of puns. <laughs> uh, Hell Dorado is my favorite Eagles song. <laughs> uh, Billy Breckenridge sounds like the name of a member of the Eagles, too. Yeah. It does. <laughs> it really does. So before we go up into the boxes and the cages and we see the herbs, I think there's an important thing that there's some subtext here that we need to dive into. I think it's our job on this podcast. Um, so Billy wanders in. He's called Sister Boy twice. Um, and Curly Bill invites him to come sit next to him and then puts his arm around Billy. Our to use the parlance of 90210, um, are Curly Bill and Billy an item? <laughs> um, I'm just I'm distracted by your abuse of language, first of all. But, um, it's his first day talking. <laughs> um, yeah, I I just kind I was watching this this minute again a few hours ago, and you know I, I might be cheating a little bit because it, it gets into like the very beginning of the next minute. But yeah, I I think there's a little bit up with Curly Bill and his uh, his his sexual orientation that's we being ha- coded coded into this movie. And we have to put this in sort of like the early '90s, slightly less sensitive, to- it, it, probably not yes. the most understanding era for uh, homosexuals in the United States. Probably not, but probably um, more understanding than it was in 1881. Most likely. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, True, I guess. Uh, and it does, there are a lot of stereotypes at play in this minute and the next. Okay, yes. so, at, you know, just him being nice to Billy could just be like, all right, the bully kind of sees like a guy, like, all right, we don't need to stoop down to picking on this poor guy. Yeah. yeah. And I then mean, putting we'll, his arm we'll kill around a priest, him. priest, but uh, we're. we're, <laughs> we're we're, we're not homophobes. Yeah, and then, but then he, like, Curly Bill clearly has a love for theater. Yes. Um, so another stereotype like comes through because he turns down a drink during the show, I, and I, I I do think we're cheating and going to the next minute, but we got to guess so we can break the rules. Yeah, he he doesn't want to dull his senses for to experience the art. No. Yeah, and you're right. The stereotypes that we would look through this in the lens would be as they sort of I guess what was sort of mentioned in the uh, Urban Dictionary you have the you know he's got the glasses he enjoys theater he's called a sister boy uh, but there's also the the view of maybe this is just like a big brother little brother sort of moment where he's just he's kind of protecting uh, Billy and, and for the sake you know I if, if this minute you know if it were by the rules and it was just this minute I'd agree with you but I was just kind of, you know, I was doing something, and uh, I let it keep playing, and uh, I don't remember the exact quote, but just a couple seconds later, uh, the, the Billy Zane character comes on stage, and Curly Bill is yeah. just taken aback. Yeah, and prettiest Billy, man I ever saw. Stunned. Yeah, pretty, prettiest man I ever, and and you know, I it is Billy Zane, so. Yeah, this is our third zany minute of the movie, Joe. Yes, uh, yeah. <laughs> that that's that's what Rob's calling Billy Zane moments is zany minutes. <laughs> I I don't know what to say to that. Uh, <laughs> we I, also I talked a little bit in the last episode about like kind of this Billy Zane <laughs> mania, or if 
if we're going to go Rob style, Zania. Zania. <laughs> like, why um, do people go so crazy for Billy Zane? And th- that's something I think Rob and I must have missed in our sort of late 90s, mid 90s life. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's at this point, like, Billy Zane has become kind of like a an in joke or a meme. And some of that, I think, has to do with Zoolander because he pops up in that. Yeah. Um, but. For, I, I'm really glad that we got to talk about Billy Zane because, uh, and maybe you talked about this before, so I'm just repeating. But Billy Zane in Titanic is one of my all-time favorite chewing the scenery, like old-timey silent movie villain roles. Yeah. <laughs> like you expect him to tie someone to train tracks in it. Like he, ne- like he's one step away from like twirling his mustache. Yeah, like tying a woman to the train tracks and like robbing the orphanage. Like. <laughs> Um, it, it's a completely, I mean, you know, it's, it James Cameron, but on top of that, it's just, it's, uh, Billy Zane being as Billy Zaniest. <laughs> it, and we, we kind of talked about before how it's weird how he's a meme and sort of like a, an in-joke because he's pretty good in everything. He's yeah. Not like I, he's bad. Yeah. I mean, it, I'm that the way that character was written in titanic like what else are you going to do with that it's, yeah you can't like you can't james say cameron dialogue yeah hey you in this james cameron movie maybe be a little more subtle yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh so we we the camera pans up and we're, we're gonna move past billy and billy uh, and uh or as we find out later billy nilly um and we're gonna go <laughs> We're going to go into the boxes and cages, and we see Maddie, and shockingly, she seems a little hot and anxious. Yeah. <laughs> true. And, and true to the dynamic from before, you, you had uh, uh, the the two other wives, and one woman says, oh, I've been to the theater in forever, and then the other one says, oh, I hope they're really good, and then there's Maddie, who's mad that Wyatt didn't take off her coat. <laughs> yeah. True. That is and a- speaking ahead, of couple dynamics, do you guys mind if I... I interrupt you for a second oh, with no, a go continuation go of a theory of mine. So, I've spoken in the past about how Morgan might have needs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to be real polite here. <laughs> Do you, did you notice that his wife or girlfriend or whatever lights his cigar for him? Like, I don't think Morgan is allowed to handle matches. You should always urge on the side of caution with like him. if you let if you let morgan babysit your kids would you turn off the gas to your stove just to be safe <laughs> yeah that that's i would say that's right <laughs> so i will say in defense of maddie for a second here she is very upset about the whole coat thing and part of it is because doc seems a little bit just i think he's just taking in the theater right now and although you mean wyatt or I mean wyatt but when when yeah wyatt when doc shows up though Doc, right away, he takes, you know, big nose Kate's sh- shirt off or whatever that is <laughs> right away. Not sure. That happens later in the in the boxes, I guess. Um, but, you know, he kind of followed the dating protocol. And Wyatt, maybe, maybe if we've learned anything, Wyatt's not the most sensitive man alive. Well, and, and I mean, also, uh, Doc and Kate, they're, you know, they're still in the honeymoon period. They're a young, hot for each other couple and you know Wyatt and Maddie they've they've been married a few years you know they've, they've been through all the laudanum binges and <laughs> you know it, it's it's old hat now it's not it's not fresh and exciting um, you know yeah she, she doesn't take off the bustle we we also uh in this scene we have uh, I know you're uh, keep a track on this on your chalkboard Joe but uh yep. 
Mayor Klum starts to ask uh, uh, Doc, sounds like, for something. And uh, what does Doc say right away? Why do you keep calling Wyatt oh, Doc? I don't know. Wyatt. Wyatt. That's what Wyatt. this movie is about. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> He's asking Wyatt for, you know, something. And what, is, what does Wyatt do? Uh, not interested. Let's not even let him finish. So this is the yeah. second time, right? Is yeah. that, a, is that I correct? I it on the chalkboard. Um, so I have a couple things on this. I did some research. I feel like I say this a lot on uh, Mayor John Klum, and let me tell you, this guy should have his own movie made about him. What an incredible life! He was an Indian agent for the San Carlos Apache Indian Reservation, which made me be like, oh no, this might be really bad. Yeah. But apparently, in the scope of things. Most Indian agents in the government were, this might shock you to hear this, weren't very fair. What? (laughs) I know. I know. But he was the first one that sort of implemented self-government and sort of talked to um, Apaches like they were real people, which they are, and had them part of it. And he started the first Indian tribal police. And from the Wikipedia entry, what he came into was a lot of, like, violence and an awful situation. And he made it into, like, such a good situation that apparently a lot of natives were actually, like, going there. Um, he also, another fact about him, captured Geronimo without firing a shot. So that's know. interesting. I don't know. I didn't read any more on that. <laughs> he started... You, you the- tell a good story. <laughs> <laughs> He's Speaking of stories, he started the Tombstone Epitaph, which is the paper in Tombstone. And then after being the, the mayor there for a while, he moved out to to the uh, Alaska Territory where he was the postal inspector. Huh. The guy got around. He sure did. That is mayor, quite the life. Mayor Klum. Um, my question, this is kind of the last thing I have on this minute. What if Wyatt just said yes to all these moments? Like, what if right there he says yes? Doesn't this make a lot of conflict that happens well, in this movie? He- not why, exist. why it is, you know, in the spirit of uh, theater and improv, it, sh- it sh- he should always say yes. <laughs> yes, and he was yes ending. Yes. Um, yeah, and part of it is I want to know what the request was because, uh, I mean, obviously Wyatt has a reputation and all, but he just assumes, like, oh, everyone's asking me for all this important stuff because I'm the best. Like, may- maybe, like, his, uh, like, his horse was in the wrong stall or something. It's like, well, I, I just need you to move your horse. No! <laughs> yeah, or it could have been, like, maybe the mayor was doing a fundraiser and was selling some, like, uh, raffle tickets. Yeah, he just wants to do, hospital. like, a trick shooting kind of thing to raise money for lo- the local orphanage. Nope! Yeah. Not interested. Nope. <laughs> He's real quick on that no. Uh, Joe, Duff, do you guys have anything more on this? I, uh, I do. Okay, I want to hear Joe can go first. Um, d- did you guys notice the what's on that curtain? that's um down yes. in front of the stage yeah uh, did you notice it's got like so i always love when i go into like a suburb or a small town like the little slogan they have on their sign going in yes like uh my hometown uh on the towns or, excuse me on the signs going in it says proud past promising future <laughs> and like i mean like that's fine and it's not necessarily wrong i guess but it's just i just enjoy like picturing the meeting of like eight city council people like batting around ideas for it did you guys notice that they have one for tombstone i don't think i did actually uh is it the pure water wonderful climate good schools (laughs) yes the worst like the least artful and poetic like 
uh, town <laughs> slogan out there. So but, I mean, to be pure, fair, and it, how is that a wonderful climate? Well, it, it's dry. It's dry. It's good if you've got tuberculosis. It, yeah, it's it's good if you're a lunger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my favorite, my favorite, like, thing that you, st- I don't know, there's, what is the name of that? The tagline, city tagline, I guess? Yeah. Is there's a city between, uh, uh, in Wisconsin, in the middle of the state, and I think it's like Tilden or something, and it's halfway between the equator and the North Pole. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, mine, mine, which is a, a suburb of the Twin Cities, is uh, Richfield, the urban hometown. What? <laughs> that was something I was going to go, I guess I kind of thought when I was watching this, is that, you know, from the beginning where they describe tombstone is kind of you know like a hell on earth with more murders than new york and los angeles or whatever like it 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 seems pretty like well kept up like the infrastructure yeah so uh good schools good schools (laughs) (laughs) pure water pure water Um, yeah i mean there definitely is a conflict between what the city is right like the queen of the boom towns where there's all this violence you have this sort of mining Parisian fashion stuff like there's this huge mix of what is happening in the city yeah uh, and obviously it is you know big enough to attract a traveling theater to, to have a theater number one and it's yeah. a nice theater yeah because yeah. whenever you go you know in the old west whenever you go to town you, you know you gotta set up the post office and the bar and then what comes next theater <laughs> True. So, um, uh, Duff, before we have to let you go, I, I just be—I uh, kind of want to. We're already into minute twenty-eight of this film. Where do you, where do you think Tombstone stacks up in sort of like the? Uh, I, I guess could we say the modern western sort of starts with Unforgiven, and I don't know that there's really been any developments or interesting changes in the genre since then. What about uh, Young Guns? Maybe we start with Young Guns. <laughs> Yeah, actually, actually, that yeah, that's probably a, a good point. Yeah, young guns. Um, yeah, it. When I was watching this with my wife, the first thing that she noted is that it has a very '90s score. Like it has this very like, and in my opinion, like a little jumping the gun and kind of unearned. Like if you go back to like when they first get there, there's this big sweeping music, and yeah. it's like. Uh, they just got off the train. Let's hold off on the emotional manipulation a little. Yeah. Um, it, it's. I, I think it's kind of at a crossroads, and that this is um, very much aping kind of those old, like I want to say, like pre-spaghetti westerns, kind of like the '40s and '50s westerns, where mm-hmm. it's you know, good guys are good, bad guys are bad. It's pretty, pretty simple. Um, thankfully, without too much of the abject racism from the yes <laughs> mostly white and white violence which is nice to see yes yes <laughs> <laughs> we must do something about that white on white violence aside from the wedding <laughs> yeah um one thing i i also noticed and i think you talked about like this is you know for its flaws this is a great looking movie oh like, yeah it it is a fantastic uh like set work and production value and i actually looked at it and i thought of this from this minute because they, they have kind of a nice crane shot up and i looked and i'm like well, who is the 
who's the cinematographer for this? And I, I didn't recognize them by name, but it's William A. Fraker. Okay. And this person did Rosemary's Baby. Oh, what? Bullet. <laughs> Holy okay. cow. Um, also, like, uh, like quite the range of stuff. Uh, Street Fighter. <laughs> <laughs> what? Hey, listen, we all need to make a living. Yeah, no. Um, the uh, Exorcist to the Heretic. Um, I'm not. But, <laughs> okay. But I mean, it's it's a long storied career and some very famous. I'm pretty sure um, an Oscar winner for some, one of these. I might might be making that up. Oh, Island of Doctor Moreau. That's another classic. Another Val Kilmer joint. Val Kilmer. Yeah, another Val <laughs> Kilmer joint. Uh, do you? We're kind of getting towards the end of our time here, but one question that I think we, we've sort of hinted at and we need to sort of dive into eventually, but just your opinion. Who directed this movie? <laughs> oh, um, yeah, I heard a little bit about this before, and I have not researched this, so I don't know if it was uh, Kurt Russell or uh, uh, Cos- Cosmatos, Cosmatos. Yeah, we have no idea. I Usually Joe just lets me struggle through it and doesn't help me at all. Yeah, um, <laughs> I, right. I will say... I did rewatch uh, Rambo 2 last weekend. Oh, that's a fun movie. Do you see that, the auteuristic tendencies shining through in Tombstone uh, as at, well? You joke, but I, there is a scene in Rambo 2 that almost directly mirrors uh, Tombstone. Like, it, oh, it okay? the Kurt Russell scene when he yells, kids yelling no? Yes, yeah. yeah Rambo basically <laughs> like does that at one point, right? Yeah, uh, Rambo doesn't yell no, but there's a scene towards the end of the movie where Rambo's, like, rescuing the POWs, where Rambo just, you know... Because he's allowed to win this time. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, Rambo 2, one of my all-time favorite, like, It's amazing. It's so Bad, terrible, like, jingoistic action movies, but I will... I will... If it's on TV, like, I'll just stop everything. (laughs) And it looks great. And it looks great. Yes, it does. It does look great. But there, there... what I was referencing is there's a scene where in the end, like, I, I, uh, I don't want to mess it up. But I think Rambo has like he, he's been downed in the chopper, and there's another guy like following him in the chopper, and he, he does the same move. He's like, oh, I'm just gonna stand in the middle of the river, and, <laughs> and I'm gonna take. So, you know, I I don't know. I I see the Cosmatos touch. Yeah, yeah. I think I it's it. probably like that's probably the case that he did. Um, and, and I, I, to, I know I, that. Our our lawyer listener, my brother, also linked to a post about that too. Nice. Um, well, I, d- I have to go back and revisit Cobra. And oh see yeah, he directed a, Cobra too. See if, pretty sure. Yeah, it's it. I I keep mixing up all the Stallone movies, but I'm pretty sure it's Cobra. That yeah, it is. You're right. It is Cobra. Um, well, Duff, I want to thank you for joining us. You're our first guest, and when Joe and I started this, we're like, if we do guess the first one's got to be Duff. It's got to be. Absolutely. I, I could have done a whole hour on the, the greatness of uh, Cosmatos. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think um, we're going to experiment with this uh, uh, Huckleberry Wednesdays. <laughs> Huckleberry Wednesday. <laughs> and uh, I'm certain that we have plenty of minutes uh, up ahead, and I would, uh, I'm sure we can find uh, time for you to be back, and maybe we'll talk and figure out what, what minute you want to talk about. Yeah, All the right. Duff signature minute. That's right. There we go. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we'll be back with another uh, uh, episode uh, tomorrow. Just be Joe and I. But uh, thanks a lot. Sounds good. Well, bye. <laughs>